Macbeth, High King of Scots. Eyes widening, Macbeth stared at him. Glam strode forward to drop on one knee to take Macbeth's hand between his own in the traditional gesture of fealty. I, Cormac of Glam's, am the first to give you my allegiance, my Lord King. Macbeth shook his head, then desisted at the pain of it. He looked at Gruach. I am not king yet. Who else is there? Torfin asked, rising to come and clasp his brother strongly, producing more pain. Macbeth the king, son of life by God! It was an extraordinary transformation by any standards. From organizing a battle to organizing a state funeral in the course of mere hours, the fact that Macbeth was suffering from wounds and dizzy spells was not considered. The first duty of the heir to the Scots' high throne was to arrange the funeral to Iona of the dead king. At least there was no longer a problem of hostilities. The campaign had all been wholly at the king's will. Within three days of the Battle of Torfness, the main protagonists were heading north, in superficial amity, in a group of vessels flying the raven banner of Orkney. The dead king, inconspicuous, rolled in sailcloth. Macbeth had given orders that he was to be treated only as Moror of Murray and Ross. He was not king yet. Nevertheless, there was a new attitude towards him evident on all sides. Even his own thanes were less easy with him. He was uneasy even with himself. Nothing could alter the fact that he had slain the king. He, Macbeth MacFinlay, had killed the crowned occupant of the Stone of Destiny. He did not doubt that one day Destiny would call him to account. Old Abbot Mulmore and his bishops of Iona greeted the invasion philosophically, although they had scarcely expected another royal interment quite so soon. The mourners sought to adjust themselves to the sudden change of events. There were five Morors present, in addition to Macbeth and Torfin, Lennox, Angus, Strathern, Fife, and the Mairns. Mar had been slain at Torfness, and Crinan of Athol was absent. All must be done properly and in order, Macbeth insisted. This time there was no cold wind to hasten the recital of the genealogy, as the coffin was lowered beside its predecessor in the relic Oran. Afterwards, at the required internment feast in the abbey eating hall, the more vital part of the proceedings took place. Lennox assumed the duty. A quiet man, he spoke formally and undramatically. When we... The Barors and Lesser Kings of Alba have buried one High King. It is the custom here in the Abbey of Columkeel to name his successor before the gathering of his thanes and officers. It was not done at Malcolm's burial through mischance. Better that it should have been, I say. But there is but one man who should succeed to the High Throne, Macbeth MacFinley. Torfin vociferously led the cheering, although not all joined in. "'He is undoubted heir,' Lennox went on. 
The Lord Macbeth has to wife the Lady Gruachnik Bohe. Her father was son to Kenneth the Second. Had she been a man, she would have had better claim to the throne than any. For this reason also, her husband should be king. There was a long growl of agreement. There is only one other close of the royal line. Lennox glanced over at Torfin. The Earl of Orkney, but he declares that he has no wish to wear the crowd. I prefer to be Earl of Orkney, that man interjected. I may make kings or unmake them. That is enough for me. Macbeth turned his bandaged head to look thoughtfully at his half-brother. There was silence. Then Macduff spoke again. The king, Duncan...